Hello, friend. Hi there. I need you to do something for me. What's that? I need you to close your eyes and let your imagination wander for a second. Are you, are you doing it? Are your eyes closed? Yeah. Ooh, good. Okay. So you're sitting in your lovely home next to your lovely fireplace, surrounded by leather-bound books and smells of rich mahogany. And a fire is crackling in that fireplace. And you sit there and ponder while you have your skosh of whiskey. And you need, you need a book for a warrior. What would that book be for you? What are you going to reach for? The boxcar children. <laughs> Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Really came out of left field with that one. <laughs> it's a good read. And they're never ending. There's like 80 of them. Yeah. You remember the, like, the Treehouse Kids book series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were good too. But anyway, so, yeah, the whole point of that was we are going to be talking about books that every warrior should have on their bookshelf. Um, the Magic Treehouse. Yeah, the Magic Treehouse. That's right. And each one of us is going to pick four. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about your four today. So the first book that we'll talk about is the magic tree house. This is called <laughs> dinosaurs before dark. Let me, okay. Before we go, let me just tell you what all four are. And then, so these are the four books I yeah. picked yeah, yeah. for your bookshelf for the warriors bookshelf. These are the four books. So first one, magic tree house dinosaurs before dark. Okay. Yes. Absolute classic tale. Second one, polar bears, past bedtime also magic <laughs> treehouse number 12 just trend setting um then we're going into mummies in the morning it's and... a good mindset one that one talks a lot about a mindset yeah, stuff lots of yeah it's yep 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 and then honestly these are in no particular order but i think i think i saved the best for last this is pirates past noon that's a magic <laughs> treehouse <laughs> And man, these kids have been everywhere. They're just a, they are a riot. They are a hoot. They truly and have been everywhere. They are warriors. I uh, lo- I loved those books when I was a kid though. Aren't they great? Yeah, yeah. I remember all of them. And then you had the Michigan book series, um, Terror in Traverse City. I forgot what that was actually named. You know what I'm talking about? Terror in Traverse City and No, uh, I didn't read those. Mm. I remember the M is for Michigan or whatever or Mitten. The alphabet book or whatever. Oh god, that's going way back. My third grade teacher's son wrote that book. Really? Or illustrated it, I mean. Huh. Oh, Michigan Chillers. Michigan never, Chillers. Never read any heard of that? No. Uh, Trevor. Taylor I didn't like stuff. the I don't like the scary ones. Yeah, it's more like a goosebumpsy like twelve, yeah. eleven, thirteen year old. Anyways. Uh yeah. Four books. So I won't I won't read all four off the top, but are we <laughs> are we gonna get into it? Dude, I'm so ready to get into it. Okay, yeah, so uh, these are my four books, and uh, we're going to rip it off with uh, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear this. In our pre-recording conversation, you said one, you said The Hobbit, and you didn't expand mm-hmm. on it. So, man, yeah. e- educate me on it. 
Well, it's it's a great story. I mean, we've all read it, right? Mm-hmm. I have read it, yeah. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. It's just the ultimate adventure story. So, I don't know. The movie really blew it up, but it was super popular before that, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like the story of that of uh, Bilbo, right? the private structured hobbit everything's scheduled throughout his day always keeping that schedule and every all the other hobbits are pretty much the same way and then they he don't gets, go on adventures they don't no. do crazy stuff nope he gets thrusted on that dangerous adventure with uh the dwarfs and gandalf the wizard mm-hmm. and this is completely like out of the hobbit's nature he's as a species they're just they want to live in their hole in the ground Comfy chairs. And, and that's it. Yeah. And eat a lot of food. And that's that's their life. So to be thrusted into an adventure is a huge 360. And they go into battle cave trolls, mountain trolls, giant spiders, elves. And it's all to reclaim the dwarvish homeland and this mountain that was taken over by Smog, the dragon, mm. because they had a bunch of gold. So much gold. There's so much gold. And it's a badass story. And they have a, a giant man that transforms into a bear. Bjorn fights alongside them at one point. Bjorn. And uh, it's a hero's journey. And I think there's a hobbit in all of us. I think he lives there one way or the other, an adventurer or a home nurturer. And to have both qualities among others, I think sets the stage for an interesting life, at least an interesting story. And I think the hobbit, I, the first time I read the hobbit, I was in college and it was much better read than the Lord of the Rings. It, uh, I think it really picked up steam for me when a couple of years ago we started reading it on the trail at Pitchard Rocks and we like sat around the campfire and like did the voices. This is yeah. Zach, Koala and Jessen. We were doing the voices and like reading, like trading off. And it was, <laughs> this is only a couple of years ago. So we're like 26 maybe. <laughs> and we're just like reading the Hobbit, like doing the Gandalf voices and the troll voices yeah. around the campfire. And it was just, I don't know, man, it was a super comforting book. And I, I think everybody should read it. Yeah, the Hobbit is awesome because, like you said, there's a little bit of the Hobbit in all of us, and I think that's why Tolkien wrote all these books. All the he he built the whole world, but it's kind of focused around hobbits, and hobbits are they love their like you said they love their holes in the ground, but you know Bilbo is such a cool Hobbit because then he gets this taste of adventure and he becomes sort of a legend because of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, The Hobbit is sort of a quintessential, like everyone should read that. And it is, mm-hmm. it's super easy to read comparatively to Lord of the Rings, which um, is kind of the next step into the... It's a steep dive, honestly, in my opinion, <laughs> off the cliff from The Hobbit to go into Lord of the Rings. And then you got the Silmarillion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Hobbit is, it's not a kid's book, but you could definitely read it to a kid For and sure. they, would, they would like it. Yeah, yeah. So the next book I have is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And this is one of those self-improvement books, self-help, not really self-help, but personal development books. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's centered around the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And this book honestly changed my life. I read it last year and it took me a couple months to get through, not because it was difficult, but because I was picking it apart. I would read a lot one week, kind of take a break and digest it. And that wasn't purposeful, but it's just the way that I read it. And it really hits you hard and makes you feel vulnerable. And it picks apart nearly every aspect of life. So relationships, team sports, love life, business, and schooling. And shows how growth-minded individuals flourish. 
and how fixed mindset individuals falter. And you're going to learn a lot. And if you're listening to this thinking like, oh, of course the growth mindset is better and those people will do better. I already know that. Well, then you're in trouble and you need to read this book because you can think that, but if you can't explain it yourself and recognize the fixed qualities in your life that are Mm -hmm. holding you back and holding you hostage, then I don't think you're ever going to see progress in an area that you want to make progress in. So like improving your love life or building your business, making more money, having better relationships, performing better at your sport. And the truth is she goes into the book and says, you're not one or the other. You're always going to have growth mindset qualities and fixed mindset qualities about certain things. So you can be growth minded in your business, but you could be totally fixed minded in your love life or your health in in your health, in your relate, in your relationships or in your schooling. I think we see that all the time with people like they're, they're very, growth mindset focused on their careers and how much money they're going to make and ascending the ladder or whatever. But mm-hmm. then you get them in a different realm where they're thinking about their health or what they're eating and um, all that type of stuff. And it's a totally different, it's a totally different arena and it's just mm-hmm. like an afterthought. So that I think that's really interesting. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cultural thing there too. Uh, my most likely question for you so you you said you read this book last year, and mm-hmm. last year was really big for kind of all three of us. So me, you, and Connor, uh, it was a big year for all three of us in a lot of ways. We started the podcast. We all kind of explored a big journey about growth and being you know focused on uh, having a growth mindset. So you were in a place where you were ready to absorb this information, but what about it? hit home so hard because I I'm going to be, I'd never heard of this book, but now I want to read it based on what you're saying. So tell me and you know why that it sunk in and hit you so hard. I was ready for it, I think. And I was in, like you said, I was in a place ready to catapult off into something. And you have to be in a spot, I guess, of frustration or, or longing to, to grow, but not knowing how to do it. And you have to be willing to be vulnerable, I suppose. Mm. Because it's really, you have to be honest with yourself because it's just you in the book. No one's bolting through your door and saying, yeah. these are your fixed qualities. Like you're telling it, you're reading it yourself and you have to pick it apart and look within yourself. Yeah. So I think it hit home because I was able to find the parts of me that were fixed and that were holding me back through help of this you know, book and how she explained things. Mm-hmm. That's why it hit hard because I was able to really take it in take it to heart and understand it yeah and it helped it was such she is a great writer it's not like a dictionary type of read it's not boring at all she takes a lot of mini stories related to the specific topic so if they're talking about sports i mean she has so many real life accounts of like michael jordan's actions and habits kobe bryant's tiger woods and other famous music composers, mm. activists, and, and students that she works with because she's a professor in psychology and students that have come to her. And there's just so many stories uh, about what they have said are fixed in their life and how she has helped them, you know, recognize that. And so anyway, there's, there's a lot of stories within the book and it's not, it's split up between like many chapters. So for me, that was great to yeah. read, just from like a logistic standpoint, but it was very relatable and down to earth. And I think anybody is going to get something out of it because it, like I said, it goes into every part of life. So if you want to skip to a chapter, if you're frustrated about 
your health, <laughs> then skip to the chapter about health. Mm. You don't have to read it front to back. And I didn't. There was a huge chapter on, I forget what it was, but I just wasn't interested in it. I was like, I, I, I don't want to read this right now. So I just skipped it and went to the next chapter about schooling. Yeah. And I, I learned so much about how I've been fixed. I had a fixed mindset about schooling from a young age. My dad was like, ah, I always got C's in math. You know, it's fine. So well, what did I get? I got C's in math. Yeah. Because I wasn't supposed to be good at math. Right. And my whole, that really like went into a lot of other parts of schooling. So through college, I was C's, B's through central. And now I knew it, this helped me so much because I went to schooling this past year mm -hmm. and pulled 4.0. Yeah. I was going to say you've been crushing it. I attribute it to recognizing the fixed qualities um, and, and learning how to manage them. Yeah. Great. I am super, I can't wait to read it now. Uh, I think it'll be super helpful. So yeah, great. Yeah. So my next one is The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So this was originally an anonymous poem. And I didn't know that. I had to look at I looked did a little bit of research on it. So in 1823, it's just an anonymous poem. And then Moore later claimed authorship and kind of turned it into the book that it is today. I know it's weird, right? It's it's not something that you expect, but I just got to thinking like, what? I don't want to do all self-help books. So like what else mm, is there mm -hmm. in life besides self-help books? Cause I love them or self-development, personal development, self-help sounds weird, but it is personal what it development is. Yeah. books are, are super important. And I think I could write easily do four books on that, but the night before Christmas is just, man, I loved it. This book was read to me as a kid by my dad one year. And then my mom on another, like the night before Christmas, literally maybe, throughout multiple years they read it to me but i do remember it being read and i loved it mm -hmm. and i was a kid so the magic of christmas was real yeah what i'm getting at is the tradition of it so i think building tradition like that in your home is special and it gives everyone something to hold on to and to attach to year after year and i think it's super cool when i see videos like on instagram or whatever of like the dad reading nightmare before christmas i saw this video specifically to his college age kids just because it was tradition. Yeah, that's awesome. Since they were kids. I think that's hilarious. I don't think you have to fall into the stereotypical, oh, you're teenagers now. Oh, you don't want anything to do with little stuff like this. Like, I think everybody wants that regardless of age, even if they put up a little fussy fight when they're 15 Dude, or 16. Absolutely. Like, fucking keep doing it. Because once they get to 20s, later in life, early in life, obviously they're going to love it. But later in life, you realize like this is hilarious, first of all, that we're still doing this. And it's just like that's family. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm 28 and I still feel the desire to go through like our family traditions, especially Christmas traditions. Mm -hmm. I was I mean, lucky enough to have a ton of really special Christmas traditions that anytime we get together, they still happen and it always feels right. And it always hits home. So like, I totally mm -hmm. get that. And it makes so much more sense now because when you first said that, I was like, uh, okay, like, all right. But now I totally get that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Agree. Absolutely. Yeah. agree. So it's not like the book itself and the plot. I mean, the plot is basically St. Nick fills the home with joy and wonder by filling stockings yeah. and leaving presents. It's such a simple tale, but it's the message behind it's, it. It's just the message and yeah. the, the feeling of Christmas is exactly. It's an all time classic that needs to stay alive in our culture. Yeah, for sure. So like the traditions piece. I, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my last book, the fourth book uh, on Bonesy's warrior 
bookshelf is the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick um, Lenciani. I think it's Lenciani. Mm -hmm. Patrick Lenciani. So I read this book in college when I was doing the captain thing on the rugby team. Yep. And I loved it. I cruised through it in a few days. If that, it's a shorter book, but tells little miniature stories kind of like in mindset about the five things that teams encounter that ultimately lead to underachievement and dissatisfaction. So this is Mm. sports teams, business teams, you know, things like that. So a few of the dysfunctions are like the absence of trust, the fear of conflict and the avoidance of accountability. And those three really stuck out to me. And the absence of trust part. So a team has to trust each other and all members within it, right? So that kind of gets tougher, I suppose, when the team gets larger. Like if we're talking about the rugby team, to trust all 40 of us, you know, and get to know each other, that's a mm-hmm. tough thing to do. Well, and on a team, you there's there's always people that you know you can count on more than others, whether mm-hmm. it's, I, I mean, it, and it, it varies in, in what it goes into, it, you know, I could I can trust that so and so is going to show up on time. I can trust mm-hmm. that so and so is going to pay their dues. I can trust that so and so is going to show up in shape. You know what I mean? Like, and it's all varying levels of trust in in those in those in those ways. So that I've, there's different way, different levels of trust, which is interesting within the team dynamic. And that's like business too, or wherever you're working. Like, absolutely, there's so many different levels of trust with your coworkers. Yeah, there needs to be, but if you have an unwillingness to be vulnerable mm-hmm. within that group, so putting out how you feel about this idea or feel about whatever, that stuff needs to be out in the open or else you won't ever get to know each other. And that obviously will trickle into other areas, but it mainly fucks with chemistry and trust. And that's, that's pretty baseline to any structured organization or team is trust right that's the bottom of the pyramid do you mean so when you say like being vulnerable when it when it talks about like being vulnerable with coworkers and like putting things out there putting ideas out there does that mean so for example i've been getting asked a lot of questions about if you disagree with your supervisor about uh something is it important do you find it important to voice your opinion is that kind of what you mean like everyone should be able to feel that they yeah. can voice their opinion absolutely okay mm-hmm. that's cool. what the, I mean, yeah that's i think i agree with that and that's what the book went into as well if you so base if you have an organization that people are afraid to voice their opinion and this is in mm-hmm. whether it's big small professional social whatever if you if they're afraid to voice their opinion then you probably have something bigger that you need to take a look at yeah Okay. Absolutely. It starts at the top. And that actually goes into the next one that we're going to talk about is fear of conflict. So if you are scared, there's not, you're scared to be vulnerable from fear of there being conflict or backlash or your position at work might be in jeopardy. If you voice your opinion, then you're in trouble as a team. So you have to be able to honestly give your opinion and feedback regardless if you agree or not with the other person or people. Right. Right. So if you have this fear of conflict or if the leader of the group instills a fear of conflict Mm. or speaking up in front of themselves or the group, then the team is dysfunctional. So it can start from the top with the leader instilling fear with saying, being kind of that dictator of, you know, we're doing this, we're doing this and never offering the group any suggestions Mm -hmm. or guys, do you have any questions? 
you know, not asking for feedback. That instills a lot of fear of conflict. Like you can't have that. You need to be able to free, be able to be free flowing. So it's actually, I was thinking when I was writing this, it's like in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody based on the band Queen. At one point in that movie, they're making music and they're making all of their hit songs and they all have major conflict and disagreements over how to make the songs and what to do and what to put in the songs and how they should be sung. And Freddie Mercury is just a nutcase about getting it perfect, perfect, perfect and what the guitar should sound like. But the other band members weren't afraid to speak up against Freddie, yeah. for example. And their music was awesome. But when Freddie went off his, on his own, and I don't know what happened in real life because I didn't follow the band Queen in real life, but I watched the movie and it was a great movie. So if anyone's a hardcore Queen fan and thinks I'm stupid right now, <laughs> whatever. But, but Slide into goes our DMs off, with the info. Yeah, yeah, come at it. Yeah. So when Freddie goes off on his own in the movie, he didn't have anyone there to challenge him and say, no, Freddie, this is not good. And the music sucked mm-hmm. on his own. So without, they didn't have a fear of conflict, right? They, they welcomed conflict. Conflict is a natural part of being in a team and working with people. Mm-hmm. For there to be traction, there has to be friction because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels. Mm, Yeah, that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's so with any organization too. I've been in a lot of scenarios where, because I'm the type of person who, believe it or not, I like to share my opinions and I've been in a lot (laughs) of, yeah, right. I've been in a lot of positions where my superiors don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, and that's from anybody. And man, that really sucks because it's like, but why can't, why can't we be open-minded about, and that's just leadership, like people having leadership issues or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And just because they're in a leadership position doesn't mean they're a good leader. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, so the book is really, really awesome for that. And the one more I want to talk about, um, there's five dysfunctions. This is one of the uh, five mm-hmm. avoidance of responsibility. So setting low standards in the team. So to not have to put an effort out of fear of failure, because putting effort, putting in effort is scary. So you're basically by putting an effort, you put your true self out there mm-hmm. and you're vulnerable to often uncontrollable results. Yeah. And that, that goes back into kind of the growth mindset thing where, the fixed mindset will not want to put in effort because effort is for people that are failures because people that are successes are just naturally born that way. LeBron James was just born this amazing basketball player, right? But if someone has to go put in a bunch of effort to try to be like LeBron James and they fail, well, then they're like double failures, right? Right. It's, it's a straight shot to the ego and all of that. So Mm -hmm. avoiding responsibility for that effort will never put the team in a situation to win, whether it's business field, school, yeah. podcast in whatever realm. Yeah. So yeah, the book is great. Five dysfunction of a team. It's a shorter book as well. It's, it's, it's a lot of stories mixed in with a lot of good messages. So I would definitely recommend it. When you read these books, are you the type of person to take notes or do you just read and are, are able to digest it without doing I, that? Well, if it's a fun read, like I don't highlight the mm-hmm. night before Christmas, but <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes, great. Line. Yeah. Or in the Hobbit. Yeah. Clement. Yes. But not Hobbit. Yeah, I didn't. And then, but in mindset, I mean, there's highlights all over mm-hmm. it. I can't say like by highlighting it, I go back or like it gets extra implanted in my mind, but I highlight it. And if I'm ever skimming through it again, 
I'll like just oh there's yeah right what did I highlight and like oh that that's a good why was that that. uh, yeah why was that important to me at that point yeah for sure Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't take notes I usually just read it and highlight important things yeah I like that yeah I love it so we're gonna be doing a trio a saga of episodes on the books that all weekly warriors should own um, from our perspective so you get the first round and that's pretty uh, pretty awesome I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was great fun. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with book report number two.